Is there a way to pot her mic down? Can we just really <laughs> turn it down to like off? Or All right, I'm going to be DB. quiet. Go ahead, Put continue. A Poor 100 Casey. dB pad in the All line. right, go. Give, give me the button where I can activate that. It might be good. All right. Hello, I am Ed Begley Jr., and I'm willing to do anything to help the planet. And I love taking public transportation for just about any journey around LA. I'll even ride my bike to power a toaster oven. And of course, I love my wife. <laughs> And I'm Rochelle Carson Begley. I haven't touched a bike since, well, it's been a while. I'm a bit of a reluctant environmentalist. However, I do love Ed. We don't have all the answers, but we do want to make a difference. Hopefully you will learn a little from us. And more importantly, we hope to learn from you. Because collectively, you know way more than we ever could. So we invite you along for the journey we call Begley-esque podcast to help you live a sensible and sustainable lifestyle, protect the environment for the future, and save money. And survive the craziness of living with an environmentalist. In this week's episode, we're going to share a little bit about ourselves, our lead platinum house, and the green tips that some of you had to offer. We're so happy you joined us again for our second episode of Begley-esque. Thank you to everyone who's been listening and sharing and supporting the show on iTunes, Facebook, Twitter. In fact, we want to read some of the very nice messages you have sent us. Shauna at Mama Shauna O said, Fabulous show. I was in a green slump and this pepped me up. Looking forward to more. Well, we're glad that we pepped you up and we are going to give you some more. So thank you, Shauna. Tangie at I Love Tangie said, Thanks for putting yourselves and great info in one lovely package in Begley-esque. Love from Florida. Thank you. I've been to Florida many times. It's a beautiful sunshine state, and uh, we appreciate your wonderful response. So we hope to continue making these episodes that will encourage, inspire, and educate you guys to help protect our planet. But we're also excited to build this community and learn a few things from all of you. Folks, this is a show for anyone with an interest in living a sustainable life, whether you're just curious, you've just gotten started, or you've been doing it for years. For those of you who have no idea who we are, we're a couple of actors, not just any actors, we're Hollywood veterans. We're both in showbiz for a lot longer than we probably care to admit. I will admit it, though. I've been in show business professionally since 1967. And fortunately, I've been working ever since. My gosh, I think that's 50 years. It is. It's now 50 years I've been doing this. And I was on a show called St. Elsewhere. I was in many Christopher Guest movie, Best in Show, Mighty Wind, and now Mascots. And I was in Accidental Tourist. I was in She-Devil with a wonderful Meryl Streep. I was in Going South with Jack Nicholson. I've been very lucky to work a great deal. Pineapple Express, for God's sake, with Seth Rogen. I've had a long and rich and colorful career. Spinal Tap. Don't forget about Spinal Tap, honey. Oi, how could I? My wonderful wife, Rochelle Carson, is also a wonderful actor. Yeah, and sometimes I use, actually use Rochelle Carson Begley, depending on my mood. Hold on a second. Yeah. Let me stop you right there. What? what? You didn't want that name back when we started... When we got married, when we were dating, you well, didn't... I am named after a very, very famous. Yeah, but suddenly person. it's Begley. You want a reservation oh, at a restaurant? Yeah. Suddenly, oh, I'm Rochelle Begley. It's... Where did this come from? You want to have the name? That's fine. Take it. I think you missed that off ramp a long I time ago. I think I did. I did. I, yeah, I nice don't know. try. I, I, you want to warm I have your a way child. Her last the name's Begley. Legacy. Whatever. I'm not so sure. I yeah, want you on the really family work out seal. For me. So I... Rachel Carson is my is my name. Then stick to your guns. So Rochelle Carson. I am hence Rochelle Carson. My father named me after the mother of the environmental movement, which is ironic beyond words um, that I ended up with. I know you. that's like a, 
and uh, uh, a, a very large kid being called Slim. <laughs> very you funny. know. Anyway, I am Rochelle Carson Begley, and I'm an actress. You know, I started like a hundred years ago as an actress when I was a mere child. When Ed was on St. Elsewhere, I was a um, starting out my career, and you know, I was on Falcon Crest in the '80s. I done several movies, several TV shows. Which, um, if you want to look at IMDb, you can find it. Anyway, my most famous was Living with Ed. I hate to say it, but that's the pinnacle of my career. Oh my God, that's tragic. Although our faces were on the side of buses, I don't know how many people can say that. Anyway, yes, Living with Ed, which was the pinnacle of my career. I hope there's a lot I more time. I think it was the pineapple of your career because you have many sweet <laughs> things to come. <laughs> no, it was great fun, actually. It was. It was. I think it saved our marriage. So anyway. Is that what did it? That's who I have to thank. Oh, boy. Let me make sure and write them a yeah, note. Send yeah. them a gift. Yeah. Send them a fruitcake for I the holidays. Know. And now it brought us to this point right now. Here in this new beautiful house and so much more is going to happen. Right, Eddie? Yep. Some of it good. Mm-hmm. Some of it good. Maybe. Hopefully. So. Last week, we had a wonderful chat with our dear friend Jeff Goldblum in his house, which has some nicely added green features. Ah, yes. And it was so much fun. Go listen to that if you haven't had a chance to hear it yet. It's on iTunes, and our website is begleyesque.com, B-E-G-L-E-Y-E-S-Q-U-E.com. But do that after you listen to this episode. Anyway, we're not recording at Jeff's house this week, but in our own home, our lead platinum home. We're in here, but we got a little bit of work to do. Yeah, I mean, really, a little bit of work there. Still, not so quite much. Stuck. We're it's a pleasant home. We yeah. got hot water. We've got electricity. <laughs> the simple we've got things. Fresh water. You never know what you got till you don't have it. You know what I mean? The, the very. But what you, don't you have? Tell me what you're lacking. What do you not have that you well, need to survive? To, to survive, th- not only or survive, to but to thrive and flourish. What do you need? Oh, honey, how much time? We, these. I don't want to burden people with this. It sounds no. No, no. Anyway, the point being I'm not is, talking about emotionally. I'm talking about things <laughs> in the material world. That we can actually do something about? Yeah. You know, and there's so many people coming and going in this house. It's just... Uh, it's, well, they're uh, finishing their work, honey. I know they have I'm, to do... A, let me tell you. Let me just back up. It's just kind of stuff at this point. Honey, I'm grateful. I want them yeah. to finish their work. Believe me. Waiting for someone to do work is torture. So but we're I'm, getting the landscape done. The pool is being finished totally. Yeah. You know, everything is really yeah. being done finished finished done and it's just great i'm really happy are we really ever finished ed oh you never are honey it's the golden gate bridge that's what the life is you start you know are they they, redoing the golden gate bridge they have been painting it since it was built honey you start Mm -hmm. at one end of the golden gate bridge because it's salt water and it corrodes the metal so they start painting on one side with all the machines and equipment they get to the other side what do they do then Oh, they start over. They start over going back yeah, the other way. Yeah, that's a lesson in life, isn't it? That's you the way never life really is. get it's there. It's called entropy. The universe is headed towards entropy, entropy. And it is your job as someone maintaining equipment and maintaining your lifestyle and comfort to ma- you know, to keep things in order. Yeah. Otherwise, okay. entropy, well, baby. That's what I'm in, entropy. Yeah. I, I have another word for what you mean, but I don't think my, on the podcast. I, my Eliza Doolittle. Yeah, well, that too, honey. That's done. A, yeah. That's done me well. Denial. Anyway, we are in, and I'm very grateful finally to be um, in. No matter what stage at this point, I'm happy. Okay. Me too. So take it. When we say our house is LEED certified, what we mean is it's certified by the U.S. Green Building Council, and they have a rating program that's called Leadership for Energy and Environmental Design. That's L-E-E-D. And there's silver, there's gold medals, and there's platinum. And we went for not the silver gold, we went for the platinum. It's not a, it's necessarily an easy task to do, mind you. 
But if we don't do it, who's going to do it? No, honey? I know. If we I don't know. do the lead platinum, they do it a lot more Sometimes frequently. Sometimes I would just like to be an average person, but you know, well, that's not in the stars for me. So it's more common in commercial buildings, uh, but yes. we did it in a residential setting, and that's been done before. We're not the first people to do that, but no. it's a good idea. If you're interested in getting lead certified, here are the steps. You go to the U.S. Green Building Council, and they have information on their website there, USGBC. That's a U.S. Green Building Council, and they'll advise you how to get a lead rating. And not everybody's going to get platinum, you know. Not everybody's going to climb to the top of Mount Everest, get to base camp, get a lead silver rating, get a gold rating, get whatever you can do, whatever the traffic will bear. And uh, that's what I did when I started out with this green stuff. I why, did we, why did we have to do lead at all? What was the point? You want to have a greenhouse if you're going to do any kind of, for just what we would do for solar and good insulation, we would have gotten a lead rating. If we you just have? do like a couple of things, you're going to get silver. So anyone can get something. If you do some green attributes, if you do a few things. So it's a reward system, basically, for yeah. doing the right thing and the or biggest, doing a good thing. The biggest amount of points you can get is correctly so, in my opinion, for the envelope, for the what they call the envelope of the house, how well it's sealed, how well it's insulated. Because that will determine what kind of solar, if any, you're going to have. So the biggest bang for the buck is how you design the home, if it's going to be passive solar design, if it's going to have you know thick walls and good insulation. We did all that, of course. And uh, so we've built this house for the last several years. Yep. And we have uh, spent a lot of time with stuff that you will never see, like the gray water system and the rainwater catchment system and Everything that's that, in the wall, stuff that's hidden, you never see again, but great insulation and steel. Steel has a high recycle content, 65% post-consumer content in any steel that you buy to build a building with, and that's good. And uh, the fire marshal loves you because steel does not combust. And the termite treatment people hate you because they have no work. And it's very good with mold, obviously, and lots of other things. It's I good swear, in I, I, I guess I shouldn't admit this, but I wish all that really turned me on. It I guess ultimately it will when I start seeing the savings and that it makes you happy and I'm saving the planet. So there I said it. I love, what I love the most about the house, the new house, is the design, I have to say. The beautiful, the design is luxurious. Beautiful. We got a yes. great architect, William yeah. Hefner, renowned California architect, renowned LA architect, but really known throughout the world as an architect that does great, great buildings. Right. Ours is a French Mediterranean design, is it's it not? It's gorgeous, and no that? one would know that it's a green, quote-unquote, green house. Yeah, you wouldn't think green. The other greenhouses I've seen, they look kind of George Jetson yeah. houses, most of them. But this looks like a it regular, It fits into the neighborhood, and no one would know. You can't even see our solar panels, and we, you know, aren't sticking out like a sore thumb, and that's the way I wanted it. I wanted to sort of show, not sort of, I wanted to show that anyone can do this. if they uh, And they don't have to just be married to Ed Begley Jr. to do it, although I, apparently I did. But probably wouldn't have and done it. And we did kind of a highfalutin thing. Let's really stress to people: not everybody has to buy a yacht to sail across the the choppy seas of energy uncertainty. You can do it in a <laughs> rowboat. You can do it in a dinghy. You can do it in a cabin cruiser. There's many different sizes uh, that you can pick of how much green you want in right. your home. And so we did the high-end kind of beautiful designer home with all the not just lead silver, not just just lead gold, but lead platinum. We did everything. And uh, you can pick and choose and take a few things from column A, column B, column C, and you can put them in your home. The yeah. smallest home, people who are on a real budget, people who have... Oh, honey, we're on money. a real budget now. Well, That's now for we're sure. on a real budget because yeah. we... 
We put a lot into this house, and but now it's going to pay off. We put everything into this house, didn't we? We have. Yeah, we're in sink or swim time, huh? Well, we're going to swim because uh, we're going to float because we got a wonderful strong boat to climb well, into. Well, hopefully, and we the actually Begley is seaworthy. Yeah, we have a pool. I know, but it. I but fought her on that one. The pool, I didn't want to keep I the pool. I wasn't going to move into another house. In there Southern was a California. pool here on site. I want to say to the people out there that say Ed Begley and that drought. How could you have a pool? There was a pool here. So mm-hmm. Rochelle lobbied for keeping the but, pool. I said, okay, here's the way we're going to keep the pool. It was a weird geometric shape, a truncated icosahedron or something. Called a, a ge- it, it was, was a liver, it was a kidney shape. Not it, really. Yeah, it was, was a not kidney, even that. It was a typical 50s kidney shaped pool in the San Fernando Valley. It wasn't really kidney shaped, honey. You're remembering Whatever. wrong. I'll show you pictures. But it was impossible to cover. So now we turned it into a rectangle, made it a lot more shallow. The process from which which I convinced you to have, a, it's a watershed because it hopefully will be ionized and it won't have to have a lot of chemicals in it to stay, in, you know, bacteria-free, right? That's yeah. the point. Yeah, well, we'll get a, we'll purify it in some way. Ionization right. is a good way. There's salt, there's ionization, there's right. UV, but whatever. Lots of things. We'll see uh, what's the cheapest. We agree on. We'll try to find <laughs> consensus there, something that is yeah. economically viable right. and does the job. Right, exactly. And is first and foremost green, a green way of cleaning the water, yeah. keeping it clean. Right. Sorry, buddy. There's all kinds of stuff going on. We got the heating and air team unexpectedly showed up, and then the permitting guys unexpectedly showed up, Hello. permitting for the solar. Ain't it great? Never boring. Never boring. Unexpectedly being we learned yesterday. But it's a good thing. You know, one of the fun things about doing the podcast in our house, we never know who's going to pop in. That's for sure. People just drop by, and I like that. I'd like a little warning. I'd like to know if someone's going to come in in my bathroom to fix the lights that, you know, they... Oh, from the workers. Yeah, That yeah. I understand. Okay. That's, yeah. that's understandable. That's but I mean, friends. I like when friends drop by. No, I don't mind friends coming by. That's yep. great. But that hasn't been the case necessarily. It's mostly workers. Process servers coming by. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Serve like, wants and warrants. <laughs> restraining orders that somehow I need Divorce to Divorce and TM, yeah. Take. Yep, exactly. A lot of people wonder how I got into this environmental game. Started in 1970 with the very first Earth Day. What led up to it was living in L.A. in that horrible choking smog. Rochelle, did you ever get here in the 70s or the 80s? You were here yeah, in the 80s, I, so I you came remember here, the smog. I remember the first time I saw the San Fernando Valley. It was like 1981, and we had, my sister was working at UCLA, and I came up from New York for a visit, and she said, we're going to go to Mulholland and look at the valley. And I went, I've heard about this thing. And we looked at the valley, and we saw smog. Brown haze. <laughs> I was like, really? This is the valley? Okay. And it's, that was in the 80s, right? That was 81. That was Well, tr- imagine yeah. what it was like in the 50s and 60s. Believe it or not, Ooh. it was even worse than that. So a lot of us set about the Coalition for Clean Air, the American Lung Association, myself and others, set about doing things as far back as the early 70s. I started in 1970 with the first Earth Day. And lest you think you have no power, lest you think there's no point in doing any of this, look at what we did. Here it is many years later, we have four times the cars, millions more people, yet a fraction of the smog. All that stuff that we did big and small worked. Congratulations, Ed. Thank uh, I God was a very small part of it. People like Gladys Mead at the American Lung Association, uh, you know, all these, one at Ralph Perry at the Coalition for Clean you Air, know, Sabrina Schiller. You know, I remember when I first got to L.A. in 1984, when I first started to live here, it was like August, it had just been the, the uh, Olympics, and I remember how I felt. I felt like I had the flu. And I remember telling someone, they said, oh no, you don't have the flu. You're just getting used to the smog. And that 
That's the truth. I didn't have the flu. Well, I, didn't... I and many others like me had the flu a lot because it was that smog. You're breathing yeah. in toxic air for your entire young teenage and, and early most formative years. So I started recycling in 1970. I started composting. I started riding my bike. Imagine that, though. Think about it. I'm trying to clean up the air, so I'm riding a bike in that smog. Not very bright, but very I did bright. it. I took public transportation. And I even bought an electric car. Well, I didn't even drive a car until I was in my mid-20s. Well, you I lived were greener in, than me then. Yeah, but I did live in cities that had public transportation, so I moved. Marta from, is a good system in Atlanta. You could take the bus around. I well, assume I you did. Well, I moved out of Atlanta when I was, I moved to London, and then I moved to New York, and then, yeah, then I landed in Yeah, they have very good transit there in London. The tube is yeah. wonderful, and the beautiful metro system in New York. I take it yeah. a lot myself but whenever then I, I go got to New here. York. That's, uh, that's what I do. I keep a transit pass for New York, for Washington, D.C., for Boston, for Chicago, for the Bay he Area. Does, for actually. I have this them all in all my true. travel bag whenever it's I wind up in one of those cities. Weird. I don't even take but. a Prius from the airport to get into town. I take the, the train. They have trains. To you don't have to city. convince me. I know. I yeah. know you do, sweetie. Well, it's a good way to do it. Yeah. And all this stuff, and that's the point of uh, being true to how I started in 1970. All of it that I was doing back then, it was all cheap. It was cheaper to take the bus than it was to drive around in a car. It was cheaper to ride my bike. It was cheaper to recycle. It was cheaper to eat lower in the food chain. And even cheaper to, to buy and operate that electric vehicle. It cost me 950 bucks, not a bad price for a car in 1970, but it was very cheap to fuel. So you Fueling heard it here. He's huh? cheap. Yes. I'm cheap. Oh, yes. Ed Begley, cheap and easy. Yeah, that's your nickname. Or your middle name, Ed Cheap and Easy Begley. Okay, well, anyway... I am uh, married to him, and day to day, it's not as easy as it's not easy being a green. It's just not easy being like. It's Kermit, easy for me. <laughs> it's easy for you. You can't help but do it. But the rest of us, you know, we're, we have a very unusual Hollywood marriage. We have the only Hollywood marriage I know of that has a prenup that involves carbon credits. Oh my gosh. Anyway, it's never boring. I can guarantee you that. So I certainly have learned a lot living with Ed and I'm willing to share it. Actually, I'm willing to share that information because God knows I went through that pain. You know, what pain to... did you go through? What? Please tell me the pain that you were subjected to with any of this. Stuff. Okay. I've, I've taken the bus at midnight in high heels and a miniskirt and ended up downtown LA under a... I don't remember um, having a gun to your head. I invited you on a date. I told you I was taking the bus. You you said yes. I didn't think that it would... You didn't think what? You thought I'm going to magically pull a Hummer out of my pocket? What did you think was going to happen? You knew we took the bus down I there. Then you're shocked we're taking the bus back? I didn't think it through. There you go. No further questions. Right, so you may step down. I said no further questions. I'm a product questions. of living right in the moment. So there, there you are. Me too. There have been some discomfort uncomfortability no question about it like what tell me some well, discomfort um when the electric car caught fire when you say catch fire, you fire act like a, there's a wire that had a spark i swear to you no, remember that electric car we had and yes, we were in malibu the no there's when, two when, times one was on laurel canyon, on laurel canyon. And one that's was the only in time there's anything involving no, a fire there was a um it was a pickup truck did it die or something we went to some kind of party we went to the oscars honey and no, it no, didn't no, work no, but no. it didn't catch fire no, what, what, you forget it. This is no. Tell me, remind me. Where were we? It was a we? pickup truck, an electric pickup truck we had, and we were way out and in Malibu. And you say there was a fire. Well, okay, no, the fire was on Thank Laurel you. Canyon. Car okay, so what happened to the pickup truck? I think truck? it just died. It yeah, died. probably because it didn't have enough charge, and we went beyond the I range. We pushed it. it. Beyond. All right, whatever. But you were talking. We're talking about fires, and then you got it. You said in the truck. 
uh, implying I don't to people know. They're that all they're sort fires. of blending into Gasoline one. Gasoline cars point. catch fire all the time. That's a matter of public record. Look at the safety figures. The auto club has numbers on it. Everybody oh does. Electric God. cars have caught fire okay, four well, times in the history way. of electric cars. And I was in 4, one of them. 4,000 a year okay, whatever. of the gasoline what are the cars. Odds? No further anyway, questions. Anyway, anyway. You may step down. Just a little bit of information. It's a learning curve. I am, you know, willing to share what what I think works well and what I think, um, you know, has needs uh, improving. But all this green stuff that I did back in 1970, including the electric car, you think about it, it's so cheap to fuel, your electricity still costs you some money, but it's much cheaper to plug it in the wall and pay that electric bill than it is to buy 50 miles worth of gasoline. 50 miles worth of electricity was then and is now today cheaper. It's just cheaper. That's another reason to buy an electric car. And the maintenance is great. There's no tune-up or oil yeah, change or true. fan belt or radiator flush or smog check or valve job. All those things you used to do in a regular car, you don't have them anymore. So uh, I liked all Provided that Provided you stuff. can only only need to go 80 miles, you're doing, it's fine. When I go beyond that, I'll borrow my daughter's Prius. It used to be my Prius. I gave her the Prius. I needed to go to San Diego recently, remember? Hayden, you got to give me the the... Prius keys and take my electric car for the day and I well not everyone has that luxury what about these cars well, they're like the the flex ones like the volt and all that those are great cars because one size fits all with one of those plug-in hybrids you can drive in a volt and the new volt range I have no financial relationship with Chevy by the way or the I wish volt you did sweetie I wish you did <laughs> I know you do but it's a great car why because you it, you can drive to New York in it if you want. You can drive around town. I'm not ever driving back to New York. Ed will drive to New York at the drop of a hat from Los Angeles. I, on the other hand, I like to see the country up close. That's we had it. a lovely trip. That I was enough. That was a wonderful that trip. That was a nightmare. It seems like we don't always see eye to eye. Okay, maybe maybe we don't ever see eye to eye. You might wonder why we're even married. You know, I power my toaster with my bike. I make picket fences with recycled milk jugs. And I like pretty things, which don't always include fences made of milk jugs, I might add. But, well, I guess you can't help who you love. No, you can't. (laughs) But we actually do have one thing in common. We like to help, you know, whether it's helping other people or the environment. We met, Rochelle and I met, through a friend of ours, Maurice LaMarche, and boy, do I love a this comic. guy. What a joke. <laughs> yeah. he, um, he introduced me to Rochelle, and I've been forever in his debt. And we sort of were going to go out, but he inappropriately called me too late at night one night to go out. 8.30 was that too late. Night, she thought I that thought was, was a booty call. Well, yeah. Yeah, let's call it I said, hey, let's back. get together some night and have dinner. And I said, when? And he and said... And I said, you know what? Let's be spontaneous. Oh, he what never about... said it like that. He said, oh, tonight. I'm like, are you? <gasps> so Convenient yeah. anyway, revisionist needless history. To An say, interesting lapse that in memory didn't that happen. she thinks it happened different than it, it did. did. Oh, I know exactly how it happened. Believe me, I know. But whatever, she kind of... Matter you know, became herself for a moment. She was no longer cordial in the least. She okay, kind of, so, well, that's highly inappropriate. Whoa, yeah. this is, I've anyway. dodged a bullet with this one. Now I see who this one is. Woo, but I in the zero to 60 pissed okay, off. Okay, that's it, enough. So in the process, after that, I moved to Canada and uh, where they were, actually it was the first real environmentalist I'd ever really met. I mean, up close and personal, you know, I didn't ever, we didn't have in 1990 uh, recycling bins in my neighborhood in West Hollywood, did we? Uh, they had them in Santa Monica in 1990. Okay. They, uh, yeah, they actually but might have Toronto, had them in West But in Toronto, they Hollywood. had them in every home. Sure. 
So anyway, I had sort of gotten more of a opening for the environment, and then I moved back to L.A. and reconnected with Ed at an environmental event that I Friends of the River is we the were, name of the organization. We were both volunteering for. And like Maurice LaMarche, I'm forever in their debt for yeah, hooking me, me up with this wonderful yeah, woman. Yeah, 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 yeah. The way yeah. they put me together with my Beshert. In yep, Yiddish, that's it's called it. Beshert. Honey, my destiny. we're working that's out you. some karma here, baby. Yeah, we are. All right. So that's how we met. But the rest is what? It's, it's uh, a karma. joy and a pleasure every day of the week. <laughs> it's a picnic living with Listen, you, and I know it is with me. It is. It's never dull, baby. Picnic it's with never a lot dull. of rain and a lot of ants. It ain't never dull. In the beginning, when I first met Ed, I was—I would actually, actually, it was a—it was a dinner with Don Henley and his soon-to-be wife, and Ed and I, and I sort of was like, "Oh, you guys and your environmental movement—that's really a safe thing to be involved with, don't you think?" I mean, I sort of sounded obnoxious, didn't I? Do you remember you that? You sounded very obnoxious. Yeah. You, you do right now too. <laughs> but but my point was is that at the time, and I really believed it, that there were so many other more pressing issues, like you know health issues or women's issues or children's issues and all of these things. And I felt the environment at the time, and we're talking over 23 years ago, and I was much younger then, much younger, you know, I was interested in poverty and, you know, and homeless and all of those things that felt more immediate. And then Don said, he said a very important thing. He said, you know, without the environment, we have nothing. And so everyone is is entitled to clean water and clean air and, and you know, and a, a, a safe living, breathing um, quality of life. So it's sort of like, oh, yeah, you got a point. So I guess, you know, so that's sort of how I entered into the environmental, I guess, movement, other than dating you, would have been, you know, from sort of the health perspective, because it's true. Uh, You know, I've always been about fitness. I've always been um, one who advocated for health because I come from a family of unhealthy people. My mother smoked for all these years and, you know, and we were living from the South and I had Coca-Cola in my baby bottle. And I just, I knew there was something, I knew there was something wrong with that. And it wasn't until I moved to England and I actually experienced, you know, fresh produce and all of these things because I grew up in Atlanta, Georgia. And I didn't, you know, I thought produce came in a can or, you know, or frozen food section. I didn't know from this. So when I knew better, I did better. And so I started eating better and I started exercising. I lived in New York and I walked a lot and I've always been interested in the fitness and health. So I sort of saw my entry into the environmental conversation as it would be through health and wellness. What's interesting to me is that you didn't respond in the least to me saying that same thing as Don said 20 different times. But when Don (laughs) said it, without the environment, you have nothing. Said that 60 different ways, 60 times, but nothing. But when Don says it, oh, now you're suddenly paying attention. Interesting. He he sure can sing. He writes good music. But the point is, is so, you know, and I've been about health and wellness and so I'm always about feeling better because certainly as you get older, you know, things don't, I just don't feel as good as I used to. And I have to work that much harder to, to get to where I was when I, in my twenties, it seems, I mean, I'm, don't get me wrong. I'm very interested in global climate change. Trust me. It's a, it's a very immediate pressing problem, but I'm also interested in health. And I think one of the, the safest and easiest things to do to have a better life is to be healthy. And the environment is a health issue. Clean right. water, clean air. Absolutely. Uh, making it through climate change intact. All those things are health they issues. They work hand in hand. I mean, they're not mutually exclusive. So that's, I, I, that's why I just don't sort of understand these people that they don't believe in climate change. Don't Well, can't you get behind 
health. I don't know. I mean, well, the one thing, most important thing, a person, I think anyone can do is start moving. You must move. I mean, the, the lymphatic system in our bodies don't respond unless you move. So that flushes toxins through our system. One must move. So exercise, meaning, you know, take a walk or join the Y or, you know, or get a trainer. You know, I happened to fall in love with Pilates very early on because it, I could do it lying down. I loved lying down exercise. As a matter of fact, I still do. So that's why I stayed with it for 38 years. But I also changed my body in a way very quickly. So I, if, you know, obviously people don't want to stick with something that doesn't work. And I saw the results pretty quick. I didn't even change my diet, but I, my habit to exercise was the first thing that I changed for my health when I was young. And then when I got more fit, I started to address my diet. So the point being is that exercise is the elixir of life. This is a great opportunity to remember you can take the podcast with you when you walk, when you ride your bike, when you exercise. All those are wonderful movements, as my wonderful wife suggests. And you can certainly listen to the podcast while you're doing Pilates, while you're doing any manner of exercises. It's a great way to do a twofer. Yeah. And then if you're at a restaurant and you have a decision between the steak and the fish, maybe you want to choose the fish. I choose neither, but for you, yes. if you choose a fish, we've, we've done That's a good true. thing. That's true. Maybe a plant-based diet's better. Give it a try, huh? Yeah. I mean, I've always considered myself a progressive person, a forward thinker. I, I felt as though I was an environmentalist of sorts. You know, I cared. I just didn't want to be inconvenienced too much, I guess. Hence, not taking public transportation. Although, even now in L.A., it still sucks. But I guess I didn't really do anything. <laughs> <laughs> about the environment. I mean, I, other than caring. So when I took that trip on the, you know, down the Kern River uh, with Friends of the River, which really was sort of the first thing I had done that was outside. I was really more of a city person at that point and uh, it was really life-changing. So I wanted to give back and that's when I volunteered for their fundraiser and hence uh, met Ed and my life was completely changed forever. And for the better, right, Yeah, honey? for the better, that's right. Oh, yeah, I had to add that. Yeah, for the better. So, you know, it was quite the education. I mean, I had never seen anyone recycle everything they had come in contact with. I mean, when I met Ed, he had three trash cans, really unattractive, mind you, trash can bins under his desk that said paper. What they actually said, there was white paper, colored paper, junk mail, and cardboard. So everything in that house was recycled. You did not throw anything in the garbage. That was a little unnerving because, you know... You well, I had to stay true to my yeah. remarks. I had gone before the County Board of Supervisors that very year that you and I re-met. I went before the County Board of Supervisors to protest the continued use of this landfill called Sunshine Canyon Landfill. And I said, why do we need to keep this open and have the trucks going through this neighborhood for these poor neighbors? We need to close it. We can all use less materials. We can all create less trash. Look at me, for instance. And I, and I said, I said, look, I only use about, then I picked a number from my head, about a glove compartment's worth of trash a week. That was I was smart. Should have said I something. said that. And I thought that's about how much trash I make in a week. I only create a glove compartment's worth of trash in a week. I said that and people kind of snickered a bit, but I went back, took the bus or my bike back to my home. Later that day, I don't even think it was the next day. I think it was later that day. 
Got a knock on the door. Hello, who is it? Hi, it's Tracy Kaplan with the LA Times. I said, I take the paper already. I don't need a subscription. No, no, I'm a writer for the Times. And you just testified before the LA County Board of Supervisors that you only put out a glove compartment's worth of trash in a, in a week. Could I go through your house and look at all your trash cans and see if that's so? I still have that article. Thank you for saving it. I don't have a copy. Yeah. Give me a copy. Yeah. So we went around room to room, and it was the day just before trash pickup, unfortunately. So all the trash was there in the different bins in the different rooms. The, you know, trash separate from the recycling. The recycling know, went honey. in the others. You don't need to convince me. So I went to the kitchen, went to the kids' bedroom, went to my bedroom, went to every room in the house. With and a got, reporter in tow. With a you. reporter. Oh. And put it all together took it in a little wicker basket, and then tried to fit it in the glove compartment of a VW Rabbit. It was an electric VW Rabbit. I had converted an electric, uh, I had converted VW Rabbit to I electric. And car. sadly, it's not like an LTD or a Camaro that has a big, generous glove compartment. It's a little tiny glove compartment, a VW Rabbit. So I put it in there and I got my strong bike riding legs and I pushed the thing and it snapped shut. I went, I did it. That's a glove compartment's worth of trash, one week's worth of trash. And she wrote this wonderful, funny article going, actor crams for test, <laughs> really? which was very funny. That's funny. And so, uh, but I it worked. Know. And so it- um, Never was, had that little of trash again after I moved in, but that's okay. Was, because of, why? Because I, of you. You had more eyeliner boxes and blush on boxes and other heck? little- makeup kits that go on awry and things that you brought into the home. But on your behalf, I will say, when you moved in, we only put out two glove compartments a week worth of trash. You did not create a lot of trash. I was terrified. Good. Yeah. When are you going to be terrified again so I can get my way? (laughs) You had your way. You know, there's going to be lots of different ways we're going to advise you to get involved. Don't avoid doing something just because you can't do everything perfectly. Nobody, including myself, does everything perfectly. Rochelle, none of us does things perfectly. There are choices you can make that are dark green kind of choices, if you will, really big ticket items like buying an electric car. marrying an environmentalist. Marrying an environmentalist, buying a solar electric system. Those are, let's call that a dark green. That's a very serious choice. There are medium green kind of choices you can make, which would be buying an energy efficient appliance, buying a solar oven, getting a rain solar barrel. Solar oven? Yes, a solar oven. That's a medium green Really? Thing. I would think that would be in the dark green category. Not at all. A solar oven costs $100, honey. Solar electric costs you $20,000. Can't you see the difference between $20,000 and $100? Yeah. If you, if you don't mind waiting, you can use a solar oven. What does it take? Four hours to boil water? No, it doesn't take four hours to boil water, but thanks for saying that, honey, to put people off. <laughs> oh, it takes... no. But it's, I mean, it's, it's doable just as long as you plan ahead. As I said, if I may continue, All right. there's dark green things like solar electric or buying an electric car, re-insulating your home. I think that would be all considered dark green, big ticket items. Then there's medium green things like buying a solar oven, buying a rainwater tank and putting it under your downspout, buying yourself a bicycle a nice bike. Those are all medium green things in the area of like a hundred or a couple hundred dollars. Then there's light green things. And I want to focus on that right now. Things that you can do. They're very inexpensive. Buying a low flow shower head or a low flow, you know, faucet, an aerator, something for your faucet. 
Those are the kinds of things you can do that are very inexpensive. Energy-saving thermostats, weather stripping around your doors and windows, energy-efficient light bulbs, riding a bike if weather and fitness permit, taking public transportation if it's available near you, all that stuff, those are very light green kind of choices. They feel sort of medium green to me, but okay, I'll take you. No, they're very inexpensive, honey. A well, light inexpensive, bulb, but... A light bulb can cost you, you know, like just a few dollars. An LED bulb no, that now is true. costs you four Taking or five bucks. Taking public transportation sometimes That costs in you a dollar fifty. I know what it costs. It's just the time and the inconvenience. I understand. I'm just saying that, you know, I think it's above and beyond. You, you deserve... What would you consider light green? Light green. Turning the water off when you're brushing your teeth. That's light green. That's light Just green. Just turning off. Yeah, because it's something well, that you... Well, that's really light green. Well, it's that's super light pale, green. That's pale, pale green. That is a, a drop of green food coloring in a bathtub. That's how light green that is. That's well, I'm talking about... It's conscious, isn't it? Having something with a little color okay. to it, you can see, yeah, that's green. Okay, so a lighter green? I, I mean, don't mean to diminish. Whatever you do... It's wonderful. I'm just saying for, for people who, who do take public transportation, they could, should get a little deeper green badge for it because I think it's, especially in a place like Los Angeles. It has a big impact. Let me be clear yeah. on how I'm separating this out, honey. Maybe right. you didn't see the pattern. I'm talking about in uh, light green, medium green, and dark green in a financial sense. Oh, okay. What it costs. Cost, I'm yeah. looking at the cost but only. But time is money, um, And too. I would agree with you. Time is money for a lot of people. You know, they're willing to sacrifice time to save some money. And uh, I'm in that category now. I'm a retired person. (laughs) You're not not retiring, damn it. I'm (laughs) semi-retired. I'm buying a semi and I'm retiring in it. You're not retiring. Well, I think I'm going to retire whether you like it or not. Yeah, well. Um, So with this podcast, we want to help your life become happier, healthier, cheaper, all the while helping the environment. These might be goals you have too, especially since it's the start of a new year. It can be intimidating to start out, and you don't know where to begin, but don't worry, you're not alone. We received questions from some of you guys about the basics of living a greener life, and hopefully we can help out. Now, if you have a question you want to ask, email begleyesk at gmail.com or call us at 657-BEGLEY-3. That's 657-234-5393. You can also tweet us at begleyesk. All right, so we have a a question from the Hayes family about something you might be wondering about too, home renovation. They asked, we just bought a listed house. Under UK law, it's, I guess they're in the UK, meaning England. Under UK law, it's... you're really a regular Hercule Poirot. (laughs) Okay, so this is not in the US. Okay, under UK law, it's defined as a house with architectural or historical importance and having protection from demolition or or major alterations. We generally like to make the house a little more eco-friendly and we'd like to make it warmer without adding a lot to our carbon carbon footprint. So any tips on the way we can do this without altering the structure or look? Tall order, but we're hoping you have a few ideas. And I do, I'll say right away, get some weather stripping. I know they sell in the UK like they do here. It has an adhesive backing and you know you can put it up easily. The old days you used to have to nail it up. Now you can just pull the strip off it, off the adhesive backing, put it up around your doors and windows. A good way to test for it is with a little bit of incense. You take the incense and you hold it around the cracks in the doors. The whole 
you know, perimeter of the door or the window and see if the incense starts to wisp and move in a direction in or out. And that'll tell you that there's a bit of a leak there. Another way is the dollar bill test. <clears throat> They're in the UK, Ed. They don't have dollar bills. A pound there. note, you know, well, there's no pound note anymore, a fiver or a 10 spot. Okay, Ten pound, but I just wanted pound. to make clarify that. Well, thank that. you for that clarification. I'm I sending guess. this out to everybody, not just the people who wrote it, the UK. Okay. Maybe only, they visited America once and have an extra dollar. That could have happened. It can be any sort of currency, honey. Okay. All oh, right, just, boy. Is that the way it's going to be today? Is that the way? It's, just tell me right now so I can gird let's myself. Let's help these poor people. Whatever any more could, ideas you know, for this Jakarta, wonderful Hayes Rios, family? <laughs> whatever, you know, kind of... Uh, the point taken. Okay. Bosnian dinar. All right. Whatever currency you have, for God's sake, use it. Use it. And get off my back. Yeah. Will you do that too? I would just take a vacation, but go ahead. Okay. You put a dollar bill and you put it in, you know, when you're trying to close the window, put it in, see if it slips in and out easily. If it, the dollar bill grabs when you close the window, that means it's a good seal. If it doesn't, if it slips in any part of the window where there's, you know, a gap where there's contact, then you can do something with weather stripping. So well, the, okay, and, and if you had the money, you could get a double-pane window. You could replace, but that's a bigger ticket item. Let's start with the easy, low-hanging fruit first. Another thing is good insulation. Nowadays, you know, insulation, they blow it in. You know, there's cellulose, there's recycled denim, there's Even if it's foams. like a brick home, because most of those homes in the UK are brick. Well, but still, they got an attic. You know, do it oh, where you yeah, can. Right. You, know, you know, wait on the walls, the exterior walls, if you have some sort of difficult situation like brick all the way through, but do it where you can in the attic. So weather stripping, mm-hmm. You know, a good insulation. Yeah, where we had you can that blue it. jean. Remember that? We uh, had that recycled denim That's made right. from old blue jean right. discards. And then another good way is that energy saving thermostat. Buy an energy saving thermostat and wait for it. Actually, program it. It's a programmable thermostat. Oh, yeah, that's thermostat. where I always get hooked up. Yeah, hung yeah, up once the Because once you set it to your wake and sleep, leave and return <laughs> modes that is part of your daily routine, you can always change it. I still don't quite understand it. Well, it's just, it's got a chip in it and it's going to save all that energy when you leave the house. You don't need to have the heater or the air conditioning on the whole time while you're gone. But you do have to read the instructions to learn how to do it. They're pretty intuitive now. You just look at it. Most of them have like wake and sleep, leave and return kind of words to describe. But I have you. You have me, honey. You don't have to program anything. Some of you also had your own advice to offer. We asked what are small ways you can help the planet. And Casey from Pennsylvania writes... Hey, Ed, big fan of yours for many years. Oh. You're, listen to this. Now, this might be a good time to be silent, listen to somebody that's very smart. Oh, All right, what continue. They're writing. You right. are one of the reasons I became so green. Oh, God, Casey. Years ago. Is there a way to pot her mic down? Can we just really <laughs> turn it down to, like, off? Or All right, I'm going to be DB. quiet. Go ahead, Put continue. Poor 100 Casey. 100 dB pad in the All line. right, go. Give, give me the button where I can activate that. It might be good. All right. One of the reasons I became so green, years ago I helped my boss put a huge water storage container in the basement to collect rainwater. That water now flushes his toilets. I'm a big recycler. I'm always digging bottles out of our trash that my girlfriend throws away. I try to buy most produce and meats from local farmers here in Berks County, PA. Thanks. Isn't that nice? That's really nice. Casey from Pennsylvania. I think I'm going to find out where they are and write them a little letter in email. Well, in Berks County, obviously. Very nice people. And good taste, too. Yeah, yeah. You're not making my life easier, Casey, but go ahead. That's my job, making your life easier. So we got another email from Marcus. He says, Namaste. 
I appreciate that. Namaste back to you. I help the planet by listening to what you say, asking for advice, taking the bus, not owning a vehicle, picking up things off the street as I walk that can be recycled, only buying clothes when needed. Oh my God, now you lost me. Um, Or taking what others do not wear. Okay. Ed, you better read this because this is Composting scraps and paper and following a vegan diet. This is a great person. Again, we got some wonderful people writing. Major key is to try to keep my trash to a minimum amount and use glass over plastic. Well done there, Marcus. Namaste to you. Namaste to you, boy. That is quite a feat. I don't relate, but I I give you all the namaste and kudos. Who do you relate to? Uh, Imelda Marcus, I would suspect. <laughs> well, that's more. I, if I you get try a letter from to. Imelda, I think that might really no. resonate with you. Okay. Josh's favorite way to help the planet is gray water reclamation. He writes, I used to recycle my shower water for the flower garden. It's a bit of a chore, and now I have a back injury that limits me. I wish the plumbing industry would standardize a built-in method for switching bath and shower drains to either drain normally or divert to irrigation. Not everyone would be into it, but I think a lot of people would. Good point, and I hope they have more standardized and easier ways well, don't to we use have gra- something like we that? We have a wonderful gray water system that goes flows by gravity, which is a very good, simple way to do it. You don't have any tanks where it's holding there in a tank and it can turn smelly. Why don't they uh, implement that? Why doesn't the DWP or their local well, n- Not municipal- everybody has a situation where gravity can flow out to a yard. You have to have a, an advantageous condition, which we do. Not everybody has that. So most people are trying to do things that are more complicated. I mean, and but, more but the expensive. bigger scheme, why doesn't like the government, like the Department of Water Well, they're going to power. at some point. Water's going to get more and more scarce. Then pretty soon that gray water is going to be looking good to everybody. Like reclaimed water, everybody has this fear of toilet to tap. Right. All water is recycled water. Well, I heard something on, on the radio in the, uh, the farmland in middle of California where they take water from... Oil, oil uh, operations and yes. they inject it into the uh, ground. No, not that. Where they're using their water to irrigate with their wastewater. They're using it to, to irrigate uh, oh, vegetables. Oh yeah, they either well, it's either into the ground and then they use it. They pump it out it's to water disgusting. food. Disgusting. Do they just, know if that's even? I mean, that could be really hurting us. It's what's happening. It's the state of things with water think, now. Water is very scarce. But that's and, not a good thing. Oh no, God no, 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 no you no. don't want to do that. You don't want to have hexavalent chromium in your water no. and benzene and because all those these um, of oil companies won't have these proprietary chemicals or these um, formulas so they won't even give them i'm talking about water that's been treated properly at a municipal you know like tillman plant in right. southern california we have the tillman plant in the in the san fernando valley where we live but i didn't even know that was possible i didn't even know they would even consider such a thing yeah so there's a, I digress, a way to use but... that water and uh if you take that water and you you recharge the aquifer with it, and then it goes through some more natural processes after our man-made plant is done, that's water that that's can be used again. Okay, that's the good water, but that's I don't think water. there's any good scenario for this oil. It doesn't sound good to okay. me. But look at what we have here, honey. We have our wonderful system that flows by gravity down to the fruit orchard out back, and that's a very simple way to do it. There's a lot of people out there that can do something like but that. But don't we have that... There's that switch in our bathroom. And well, our- the switch is the, that makes a good situation even better because let's say you would need to use some bleach or something, not that right. we use that sort of thing often, but when you do, you flip the switch, it goes to sewer. It's real simple there on the switch, garden, sewer. And you've been instructed and everybody in the household has been instructed. So when you need to use some sort of product that's not 100% biodegradable, you switch it over to sewer and it doesn't go out and hurt the trees. 
and that makes a good situation even better. And uh, that's the kind of thing we're going to be doing in the future, I think, in many homes. People will realize that water from the shower, the laundry, right. the bathtub, that's water that can do another chore. It's got some life left in it, and we'll be, we'll be using that water as we go forward. And certainly the rainwater, you know, that we've captured, uh, there's, you know, yeah. that's really valuable water. Macon in Boulder, Colorado, also shared his story with us. Let's listen to his voicemail. This is Macon calling from Boulder, Colorado. I first started really going green when I was the lead environmental lawyer suing Exxon for the cleanup of the Valdez oil spill starting in 1989. My wife and I gave up one of our cars and I started taking the bus. I represented the animals and citizen groups in a variety of environmental cases in the 90s, and that led me to understand that if we don't get the metabolism of the cities right, we can never save the wild places or the planet itself. Three years ago, my wife and I downsized into a 1,650-square-foot house. We took it down to the studs and rafters and then rebuilt it. This house, which was originally built in 1874, rebuilt it in a lead platinum house. And by the way, as part of getting the metabolism of the cities right, I put down my law practice for a while and ran for and was elected for eight years to the Boulder City Council, where our primary effort was to reduce carbon in the city. And the most important effort we have undertaken in this respect is to buy the distribution system from Excel Energy, the investor-owned utility that charges too much and provides too little in the way of green energy to our area. That is in process. We're, we haven't been successful on it yet, but we're, we're on the threshold. But, all right, talk to you later. Bye-bye. Wow, that is amazing, Macon. I've never heard of a man named Macon. That's an interesting name, Macon. Yeah. It's so interesting. We've done a lot of things in sync. I started in 1970. He clearly started a long time ago, too, maybe that far back. But it was a turning point with that Exxon Valdez spill. Mm -hmm. At that point, I had... in 1986, I think I'd cut up one credit card that was involved. Uh, Standard Oil got sued by uh, the Justice Department for a bunch of stuff off the California coast with water quality issues, stuff that wound up in the ocean. So I said, I'm going to stop buying their gas, and then I'll stop buying this gas, and then Exxon Valdez spill happened. I'll stop buying Exxon Valdez pretty soon. I said, what? There's no oil companies left that I'm, you know, that's when I met you when you were riding your bike and you right. weren't in a car. You wouldn't even get in a gas-fueled uh, car. I didn't. No, I didn't buy a, a gallon of gas at the pump the whole decade of the '90s. I really. Yeah, I remember. From, yeah. So made I made my life really fun. Let me tell you. But it was a commitment that I made, and I tried to stick to it. And I did pretty good for a whole decade there, and then I, you know, kind of got a little more reasonable. I suppose I drive around in a hybrid. Uh, back, you know, at the end of the 90s, I got that hybrid. August of 2000, we actually got mm -hmm. that little Prius yep. hybrid, and then it was a little easier to get cross-country. Before that, I was driving a natural gas car. Yes. But the Exxon Valdez spill was a big deal. I went, what's my connection to that? You know, I mean, the guy, Hazelwood was his name, the skipper. You know, it's not mm -hmm. his driving habits that caused the problem. It's mine, you know, driving. Right, um, right, you know, right. That's what it came down to. Mm -hmm. 
and so I, I went on to the next level. So I'm really proud of what yeah. Nathan did. Well, I'm very curious. Like they did a 1600 square foot home. Yeah. Lead, yeah. They went the opposite way that we went. We, we went, went from bigger. 1600 feet to this, but you're happy now, right? Have I'm we... very happy. Well, I wanted a bigger uh, place so I could have, you know, stuff going on here, like events and things. We had a small house. We'd o- always open it up for fundraisers and events, and but we never could house that many people. We've so now opened we can, it up now. We had food yeah. and water watch here recently. Right. We've had several auction dinners for people who bid on an auction lunch or dinner here and uh, give them a tour of the house and give them a right. meal. So it's been But a, I a have good... to hand it because we know it is not an easy feat to go platinum. It's not. And he did it and he's working away in the city council there in Boulder. I lived in Boulder in 1971. It's a great city and it looks much the same as it did in 71. It's changed, of course, every city in America has. You know, Colonial Williamsburg is the only place I can think of that hasn't mm-hmm. changed in years, but it's changed, but n- not radically. It's still a very nice city. I've been there recently. It's really great. Great. Here's one of the great things about the way we've gotten the word out about the environment with the show Living with Ed, with On Begley Street, with Our Greenhouse, now this wonderful podcast, right. Begley-esque. I've had people come up to me regularly and say, Ed, because of your show, because of you and Rochelle, I got a solar oven. And here's the thing that really impresses me, Rochelle. Thousands of people have really? written me, come <laughs> up to me, emailed me. They could have had mine. I would have given it to them. I know you would have. But here's the point, honey. They come up and they say, I got a solar oven and I love the way the pot doesn't tip over because of the little gimbal mount that it has. I love the way you can look at the temperature through the glass. What does that tell you? It tells you that they actually didn't right, did it. That's They're true. not just giving lip service and saying, hey, there's Ed Begley. I want to impress him by saying I got a solar oven. I didn't. I've never owned a solar oven, but let me go say hi to him. It's not that. They have a level of detail in their email right. or their introduction on the street or at an airport, and they tell me that they got a rain barrel and they had to put it up in the blocks and the spigots down at the bottom and they have a watering can nearby and they go, you go, they actually did get one of those. I remember Thousands when of we first got ours in about 10 years ago, maybe a little, maybe 11 years ago and how it was like almost, it was such a huge deal. What, remember? It was like a big deal. The rain barrel, yeah. you mean. Yeah. It now was like, it's not now a big it's deal. like just Everybody commonplace. Everybody has them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. very yeah. common That's really great. Them. And they've gotten more attractive, which I know pleases yeah, you. very much so. I had so, one that was kind of a survivalist. Really young uh, and attractive orange, bright orange. It was but, just an eyesore. But, but Bill Nye showed us the way in that one yeah. instance. He did one thing right. Because it matched right. the house and it blended it in. Ma- it matched. It looked very nice. I'm, right. I don't mind aesthetics. I just want it to function. So I let you handle the aesthetics and I'll handle the nuts and bolts. How okay, about that? that's fine. So people have come up with all kinds of different things. People have come up and talked about... They've gotten a Lutron advanced lighting system with the shade controls and all the, you know, the lighting settings that they can do on their iPhone. Uh, People have come up and talked about the kind of solar system that they have. They have a very advanced solar system with PowerPoint tracking, maximum PowerPoint tracking and all these wonderful new features that you can have in a solar array today. They've gotten a a solar thermal system that has a backup so you always have hot water even when the sun does not shine but you have most of the time wonderful very hot water for your home from the sun. There's a lot of good things that you can do big or small. Just don't let the perfection of it all keep you from the possibility of it all. Don't let perfection you know, be the enemy. That's of, of been the my good. problem, Ed. I'm too You're much of a perfectionist. For perfection. Just do something today. Yeah. Get in with an energy saving thermostat, some weather stripping, some light bulbs, save some money from that, move up the ladder. Or do, do some what medium. I did. 
and start dating an environmentalist, there you and go. then you There's might. There's a green choice. That's true. It is true because you know peer pressure. Yeah. Wanting to wanting to well, impress. Are you suggesting you've succumbed to some pressure from me? You've actually taken some suggestions. Is that what? Honey, you're I live in a lead platinum house. I think I well, have. Okay, I qualify. Well, you got the home that you wanted—a French Mediterranean design home—and it happens to be green. So yes, it does. There you go. So you can have the best of both worlds. You can. Right. You know, I've got a lot of friends who've made green choices over the years. Don Henley is a great friend. I've known him since the right. early '70s. You know, and he's done so much. He had solar before me. He had solar he hot water before I ever had solar hot water, solar electric, solar anything. He had a solar wow, system I'd at his house. I've only known that. Yeah. But he's a great guy. And also, he had a big catharsis. He had this life-changing experience when he was watching CNN, and they were talking about this development that was going to happen at Walden Pond. This was mm, about 1989 right. or 1990, I think. And right. so he heard about that, that they were going to put up this you know, office park you know, right there, just <laughs> a stone Walden throw Pond. from Walden, <laughs> the Rose. Know, Walden Pond, yeah, right, where Thoreau lived and <laughs> rode and walked. And so he said, that's just wrong. We can't let that happen. That's like firing up a foundry in the Sistine Chapel. That's an important place right. in every way. It's like Joni so, Mitchell's song, Pave Paradise, yeah, Put Up Big a Big Yellow Taxi, yep. that's right. Yep. So he summoned together a bunch of different people, his friends James Taylor and Bonnie Raitt and Sting and me and Harry Hamlin was there. And I, gosh, I can't remember everybody was there, but a lot of different people showed up to support Don, be part of that. And we had a walk through Walden Woods and we raised money. Thanks to Don's efforts and the other people that kicked in to a lesser degree, but Don really spearheaded right. it, and Kathy Anderson runs the organization. They've preserved over 200 acres around Walden Woods now. Wow, because he just buys it, doesn't he? Yeah, they bought the Baker Farm, and that's where the headquarters is. They have the greatest collection of Thoreau's writings in the Amazing. world, all temperature and humidity control there in a solar-powered structure. I mean, they've really. I've been done. in Massachusetts many times. You know, I've never gone. We need to go. You got to go. We I've been go. myself many times. Since it's you're on the board, we should go. <laughs> it, I've been there. It's great. It's in Concord, Massachusetts. Yeah. Massachusetts is worth seeing. You can either visit it online if you don't want to use the fuel to get there. I want to use even, the fuel. Yeah. If you're if you find yourself in the Northeast anyway, it's worth going. You wind up in uh, New York or Washington D.C. Take the Acela, a nice, quick, fuel-efficient train ride there. You can get to Concord on another connecting rail. You can get there uh, by uh, public transportation, basically. Yeah, take a buddy so it's not so... There you go. Yeah, yeah. So thank you to everyone who wrote in and tweeted us. We want to wrap up this episode with a few main takeaways that'll help you move towards a greener, healthier, and wealthier life. Number one, start small. You don't have to make huge changes. Number two, don't avoid doing something because you're afraid you won't do it perfectly. Don't let perfection be the enemy. And number three, in the words of Don Henley, without the environment, we have nothing. That's all for this episode. Hope this inspires you to take the first step towards a greener life. What did you do this week that made you become happier, help you save money, or help the environment? We'd sure love to know. Because God knows we need all the help we can get. Please let us know by tweeting us at BegleyEsque or email your stories and questions at BegleyEsque at gmail.com. That's B-E-G-L-E-Y-E-S-Q-U-E at gmail.com. Or call us at 657-BEGLEY, B-E-G-L-E-Y-3. We've got some more episodes on the way, so subscribe on iTunes or wherever you get your podcast. And leave a rating, would you please, and a review so we know what you think about the show. Tell us what you like, what you want to hear, anything we can do to make the show better for you. 
Do a little, do a lot, just do something today and tell us, please, what you did. Thank you to our executive producer, Tim Street, and producer, Emma Kikuchi. This podcast is a production of Authentic. For more info on advertising in this show, visit AuthenticShows.com. Thank you for tuning in. We'll talk to you next week.